Obviously, talking about the Blue Jackets game tonight. Just a real stab in the heart. The truth, the the thing that makes it the worst, though, is that I was in the elevator before the game. And I was standing next to Jeff Shaboda. Shabodes, my beer league goalie. And, you know, he's gritty. He's giddy as ever. He's ready for the Jackets. Every time I see that man, he's ready. If there's one guy that adores and absolutely adores Blue Jackets hockey, it's Shabot. He's as much of a goalie guy. If there's one goalie guy out there, if there's just one guy that loves goalies, it's Shabot. But also, if there is one guy that is completely oblivious to superstition, it's Shabodes. Shabodes often tweets out, Elvis hasn't given up a goal in 100 minutes. Or, Elvis has is going for another shutout. Like, he'll tweet things like that. And he just gets reamed. Whenever he tweets that stuff out. I mean, people go after him. People are like, you got to delete this, dude. You can't predict shutouts. You're going to jinx it. And he he never actually jinx it. He leaves the tweets up. And he never actually jinxes it. Until tonight. And you know why? It's because I was in the elevator next to Shabot. Him. Giddy as ever, I said to him, you're unjinxable. I asked him, I was like, how does it feel that you're unjinxable? And he kind of laughed and was, he kind of like, seemed like he didn't know what I was talking about. Like, I think this man was completely oblivious to the fact that he was unjinxable. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Obviously, that's hodgepodge. Unless you really believe it. Which, it could have been. Maybe Shabodes. Maybe me telling Shabodes in the elevator that you're unjinxable is the reason the coach lost tonight. Maybe, okay? Maybe. But I am going to choose to take the route of perspective on this one. And I am going to say that this loss doesn't hurt as bad as it, as it really does. It hurts in a fake bad way. I got fake punched in the heart by a ghost. Yep, that's what I'm saying happened. A ghost fake punched me in the heart. It wasn't the ghost of Nationwide because, of course, we all know that ghost of Nationwide's not cool enough to punch anybody. Or the ghost of... I shouldn't say not cool enough. The ghost of Nationwide is modest enough. I digress. It hurts because the Jackets were on this... What, was it a 10-game point streak or they were going for a 10-game point streak, whatever? The Jackets been rolling, man. They hadn't lost a game in regulation since, was it the Sharks <laughs> on the road? Like, this team was playing sick, dude. 
This team was playing sick. And you could feel the vibe going into this one, going against the Avs, who are wagon. I actually called them the mountain wagons. The mountain wagons locking down the mid-Midwest as a powerhouse team with the most bomb first line in all of hockey. The grittiest, the two grittiest, actually, goons out there that just eat penalty minutes, Matt Calvert and Nazem Kadri, one of the most sick D-men in the league in Kale Maker. This team is a good team. Some sweet unis, sweet sweaters. They come in, and I think Jackets fans knew that this was going to be a tough one. Rightfully so. I mean, the Avs have been good. And, you know, like, I just felt, I could just feel the vibe. I could feel the energy. Like, Shabodes and I, like I said, we got off the elevator in the press box, walking by the press box guy who, you know, lets people into the press box that are supposed to be in there. I think he's a little bit surprised every time I go up there. He's like, what is this clown doing up here? Anyway, Shabodes and I are walking back, or walking into the press box, and the guy says, going to be a fun one tonight. And Shabodes, like, like goes like, ha, ha, hopefully. And I'm like, hopefully, Shabodes. Like, the, this team's rolling is what I'm thinking in my head. This team is hot. And nobody's a bigger optimist on this team than Shabodes. And for him to be like, hopefully, like, like it was a, it was a real hopefully. Like, it was a hopefully. Like, I'm really hoping that this is a fun game tonight. The fact that he was like that kind of like went the dingers off my head. This could be a tough one. And then I think Tom texted me at some point saying, this is going to be a tough one. It was a tough one. And what sucks is, is the Jackets were winning the game with 10 minutes left. They were up one nothing, And you were, you like, as a Jackets fan, you were thinking in your head, boys, they're going to do it again. They're going to do it again. They're going to, they're going to shut out the Colorado Avalanche. The wagon of the Midwest. The freaking mountain snow slopes with the puck at the bottom of their logo shaped like an A. They're going to beat these clowns. No dice. And you know what happened? You want to know what happened? Is the Jackets were just on the wrong side of puck luck tonight. And for a while, I think they were on the right side of puck luck until it even, like, you know, there was that that one play, I think it was in the first period, where Elvis got framed. I mean, it was like with a minute and a half left in the period, and I don't remember who shot it, but it hit three irons. And I was like, everybody was thinking, they might replay that one and see if that one was in, because it was just that unbelievable. And then you're thinking in your head, oh, wow, the Jackets have really gotten lucky here to be up one nothing." And then Riley Nash hits a post, and then that kind of evens it out as far as the puck luck. And then, you know, they were just on the wrong side. I think Torts puts this one really good when talking about the game tonight. I'll just play some of his sound. We had 10 or 11 chances in the third period to go up 2 nothing. They had two chances, they scored two goals. Third period, I thought we were on our toes and played our best period. Quite honest, the best period in the last two nights. We can't find a way to score, they score in two chances. Uh, yeah, I don't really think the Jackets, like, pissed this one away or anything. 
They had a great third period. They played good. They had 11 chances to Colorado's two. And basically, if you don't know what chances are in hockey, chances are like really good shots. Like there's the shots category, which are shots on goal. And then there's chances, which is like where the goalie had to make a really good save or it was a high scoring area. You know, one of those kind of stats. I don't really know how to describe it. I'm sure there's some... Go go to freaking Allison Lucan's hockey analytics conference to find out exactly what chances are. Raise your hand and be like, what are chances? She'll tell you. Anyway, the Jackets... He Torts said he thinks they played their best period in the last three nights, the last three games. That's insane. You want to know what happened? You want to know what happened? Nathan McKinnon happened. Boy, did that man send an absolute piss rocket past Elvis. I mean, holy crap, dude. That's one that, like, I think Blue Jackets fans, even though there are some ding-dongs out there that are like, you should have had it. It's just like, we get why you didn't have it. That's Nathan McKinnon. The dude's going to have 100 points this year. He's sick at hockey. He's like, nobody blames Elvis for that game. At least I I hope not. And I think it started with the first goal, to be honest, when Kadri put that one in. He looked like he was going to pass it. And I think Elvis said something along the lines of, I thought he was going to pass it. Here it is. On the first one, I was expecting that maybe he's going to pass because they, they were really good on, on that, pulling the, the, the players on the side and then making the passes on the other side. So I didn't expect maybe for the shot, but yeah, still, even on the first one, I could do better. And that was kind of a shock. The first goal was kind, was kind of a shock. And I think it really woke up the avalanche. I think the avalanche harnessed that energy. They reaped that energy. They reaped the benefits of the energy, stuffed it in their tank, and then they used it to play the rest of the game because it just seemed like the Jackets, they had a good amount of... I, like, I, I don't know. And this is me, uh, Joe Schmo, sitting up in the box making this comment. I'm not I'm not the head coach of the team. But I, I've even though Torts says that it was the best third period, I don't or that was the best period in the last three nights. I don't know if I quite agree with that. I don't know if I'm quite there to say that was the Jackets' best period because it looked like Columbus really struggled to get out of their own end when it came time for them to go take a lead when it was 1-1, when it came time for them to eliminate the 2-1 deficit and send this thing into overtime and get a point, it just seemed like the Jackets were really off. And I think as a fan, you go to the quick, well, they were rattled because they had been winning for three straight games, and now all of a sudden they were losing. And maybe, I mean, I don't know, maybe. I'm not, like, I'm not a player. I'm just, I wasn't on the ice there. I think, like, the chances are that that probably is what happened. They, they were probably rattled to have given up a lead. And the thing is, in the National Hockey League, I mean, 10 minutes just blows by. You may think, 
Oh, the game's tied 1-1. I think I think the Avs scored with a little less than seven minutes left. So you still have a a, a decent part of the third period, a decent part of a, of a period left to go get the lead. But the thing is, is in the NHL, you can't waste time thinking about what happened. And I think, like, I think, I don't know, and this is just me speculating. I, I'm guessing the Blue Jackets, when they gave up that goal, were thinking a little bit in their heads, we got we got to get going again. Like I, you know, instead of just going out there and playing, maybe I don't know. Nobody asked that question tonight in the locker room. I I I think now that I'm thinking about it, I wish I would have asked it. I wish I would have found out exactly what happened in that game. In the last seven minutes of that game, that that really threw the jackets off to the point where they couldn't connect on passes. They were making poor decisions. And it, it wasn't even like they were making that poor of decisions. Like, it was just like they were just a little bit off, you know? I, I don't know what it is. I, I can't describe it. And I, I'm, I'm damn sure, damn sure the players couldn't tell you what it was. So, yeah, that's a t- it's a tough one to swallow because you had them. You had them. You had the abs on the ropes. I mean, Nick Felino said a couple nights ago, we frustrate teams. We frustrate them with the way that we play defense. The Jackets were playing the same way tonight. Playing insane defense. Not allowing their key guys to get good chances. It's, it's been a staple of this team. It was a staple of this team going back to the sweeping of Tampa Bay. Look at the dudes on that team. Stamkos, Kucherov, Kalorn, Point, Hedman. Nothing. I mean, they were absolutely ghost out there in those four games last year. That's kind of what the Jackets have been doing to teams in the recent going of it. It's what they did to some of their guys tonight. Kale Maker, Nathan McKinnon, Landis Cog, Rantanen. I mean, they kept those guys out of scoring areas. And, like, as a fan, you're watching that and you're saying... Look at what this team can do when they are so, this good. They can beat anybody out there. They can, they can beat Team Canada. That's how good this team is when they play like this. But there's some players on some teams that cannot be stopped. And I, I watched those seven minutes unfold in that game. And this is this is the kind of take that I could have on this and say the Jackets don't have that guy. They don't have that superstar that can take over that last seven minutes of a hockey game and can continue to play with confidence and can continue to find himself in scoring areas and put himself in situations where he can score and not only put himself in situations where he can score, but he can talk at home. And I think that's the reason why people expected this team to be so bad because they lost that guy in free agency. He went to New York. And well, people said, oh, well, they don't have that guy anymore. They can't win. I don't think that's necessarily true. Because just because the Jackets don't have that guy, I, to be honest, I think there's... Five to six teams in the National Hockey League that do have that guy. Colorado's one of them. 
I mean, Nathan McKinnon could not have been stopped on that shot. There was no way. And I know Elvis takes full responsibility of it, and he said that, and I'll play that sound. But that was a piss rocket from heaven. And it, I mean, holy crap, I'm watching it again. Absolute missile bomb top cheese. Top cheese, dude. And then the celly right in the jet, right in the Schweedo, mid Schweed, mid Schweed, just plucking the surface of the ice, almost, almost shaving a little bit with his fingernails under his glove, saying, Mine, mine. He said, Get out of my game, kids. Get out of my game. Oh my. I was shake like I like after McKinnon scored that goal, I was physically shaking. Like I, I was physically shaking saying, Oh my god. Oh my god. I just watched that. And I, I was so confused. I've never been more confused in my life. Put me in any go back to any situation in my life that I've ever lived, you will not find a more emotionally confused moment than when Nathan McKinnon pasted one past Elvis tonight. I was shaking. I was like, that was so awesome. But why did that have to happen to Elvis? Why did that have to happen? Oh, that was kicking the nads. I mean, that was a straight kick in my gonads. That one's that one hurts so bad, boys. That, I can't even I can't even tell you how bad that one hurt. But it also was awesome. I mean, it was so cool. Here's Elvis, a uh, couple quotes about him saying that he should have had it. Last goal on me, so it cost it cost it cost the game. So, yeah, I don't know I don't know what happened, but yeah, uh, last goal it's on me. That's uh, my fault, so I take the responsibility. Shortly after that response from Elvis, Aaron Port's line, gosh, you, you love when Portsy comes in with the hard questions. Portsy comes in and Portsy says, do you, do you really honestly believe you should have had that one against a guy like that? And here was Elvis's response. Just a ballsy question, like saying, like, do you really think you're good enough to stop that guy? Elvis's answer. You saw the goal. That was shot from the blue line, no screen. That's I don't care that he has good shot. I mean, I have to take that one. So there's nothing, nothing more to say about that. I love it. I love the response. He says he has a good shot. Doesn't care though. Doesn't care that he has a good shot. He has to have it. I love that. Yeah, uh, that was a tough one. You know, there's only so few teams that have a guy like that though. And he almost had another one too when crucial time that he spent in the offensive zone when the Jackets were trailing and the Jackets needed to get the puck back and he just made a sick play that Elvis had to make another save on. There's only so many guys, there's only so many teams that have a Nathan McKinnon on their roster. Edmonton, Pittsburgh, Washington, Boston. Rangers, maybe, maybe Panarin's that guy. I I think Panarin's more of a, he's more of a, a point getter. I don't know if he can be that clutch guy. But Ovechkin, Crosby, I mean Pittsburgh's got two. Malkin, 
McDavid, Pasta. Those are the those are the guys. Those are the list of guys. McKinnon rounds out that list of guys that can completely take over the last five minutes, the last six minutes of a hockey game and make a play like that to where athletic writers are standing in the locker room asking NHL goalies, do you honestly believe you could have stopped that one? <laughs> I mean, it was an honest question. Do you really believe you could have stopped that one? Like, it was such a piss rocket that reporters were asking, did you honestly believe you could have stopped that? Uh, I mean, it was a sick goal. It was a tough loss for the Coats. I was thinking about on the drive over here from the Schweed to the station, I was thinking, you know, if the one thing that's bringing me down is the fact that the Coats did not get a win tonight, if that's honestly the only thing, then I'm doing kind of fine. <laughs> it's just tough. It's just tough because I get it. I get it. You've been invested in this team emotionally. You want the best for this team. And as you're watching things unfold with the Jackets, you just keep thinking in your head, when is it, it going to break? When is this team going to turn into Swiss cheese? When, when are they going to be attacked? When are they going to be jumped on? And I think that's just a little bit because Jackets fans, sports fans, not even Jackets fans, sports fans expect the worst. They expect the worst to happen, and they just sit on the edge of their seat, and they don't know when it's going to happen. That was the Blue Jackets tonight. That was that was the Schweido. Is everybody was on edge, just waiting for the worst to happen. And you know what? I think the one moment where Jackets fans really felt like, as a whole, that it nothing bad was going to happen was when it happened. And you want to know why? Because the Woo Birds came out. I mean, you're in a one nothing game against Collie. I I felt good about the Jackets going into the game. I didn't feel good enough up one goal with six minutes left to start wooing. I love the woo birds. They're awesome. It's cockiness. It's swag. I like it. Sweech. But the second that the woo birds came out, the coats got pasted. <laughs> they died. They shriveled up and died. They rolled over and were gone. And not, not even because of their own doing. Because... Hockey just happened. Colorado just played a better last six minutes of that game. They just did. And, yeah. It was, it was a real kick in the gonads. Real kick in the gonads. Anyway, pens and caps watch. It's going decent. I mean, I was watching pretty tightly the Florida-Pittsburgh game. Pittsburgh's obviously the team that the Jackets could have tied up tonight and gotten into that second spot in the Metro. Pittsburgh would have still had a game in hand, but Pittsburgh won and the Jackets lost. Tough scene. So that gap kind of stretches a little bit, and they still have a game in hand. I guess the good thing is, is Washington lost tonight. Bad thing Philadelphia won. 
Philadelphia is the one on your tail. So, I mean, things just kind of got a little scrunchier in the Metro tonight. I think the Jackets had a chance to solidify their spot after tonight as a contender for the Metro to really start to heat up the burners on the Capitals' butt. I think the Jackets had a chance to do that tonight. It didn't happen. Nonetheless, I digress. Yeah, I mean, the Flyers just molly-schlopped Pittsburgh tonight. I, I don't know what this Flyers team... Sometimes they come out and they're sick, and then sometimes they're just non-existent. I'll tell you what, though. Sean Couturier had a good game. He had two tucks. Another guy that has been ice cold this year, ice cold like an igloo on Pluto, is Claude Giroux. I mean, that's a guy that, that's that's one of those guys that people are like, this guy is supposed to be that McKinnon. He's supposed to be that McJesus, that Crosby. But he hasn't been. I mean, he's got 35 points in 50 games. That's That's good production, but that's not in the category of those names. And I think I think Philadelphia Flyers fans are are kind of frustrated with him. Not not to the point where they're like we got to move him, we got to trade him. I mean, I don't know. Some Philly fans are that crazy, I'm sure. But same same thing. You expect a lot out of a player when you set him to that high of a standard and he doesn't reach that standard, you you just get a little disappointed. And whispers start happening, and tweets start getting sent, and all of a sudden a player who realistically is just being productive is getting reamed for not being good enough. One guy that has stepped up, Travis Konechny. I mean, that dude's good. 22-year-old right winger. A little undersized, 5'10", 175. Kind of like Philadelphia's Artemi Panarin. Undersized wiener, wiener. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Undersized winger and possibly wiener. 40 points this year. I mean, I think this is this kid's first year in like totally line. Don't know why I even said that. Fourth year in the league. Slap me silly and call me David. But yeah, he's, he's playing good. I think he's been, if, if he hadn't been producing the way that he is, I think Philadelphia is not having the season that they're having because I don't know who else is really producing for him. Uh, I know Hayes, Kevin Hayes has been a good pickup for him. Anyway, back to this game. Yeah, Capitals absolutely get pasted. Hope he had a bad night. And Ovechkin didn't score. That's the headline. (laughs) Ovechkin did not get a goal. So everybody on Wayne Gretzky watch – Ovechkin did not win tonight, so it's a W for the Gretzky fans. There you go. Uh, I'm getting really excited for the trade deadline. It's coming up. I think it's the 24th, 25th, 26th, something like that. Things are happening, and there are some teams really looking to load up. And I think a team that's really kind of being talked about in the trade deadline rumors again is the Jackets. What do you know? This time, it's trade rumors talking about how the Jackets are selling, though. Josh Anderson. 
a guy that got hurt back in the fall. I think we kind of expected him to be back by now at the time that he was hurt, but he's not. People are starting to scratch heads. What's happening? They're starting to hear rumors about him getting traded to Montreal or Boston or Boston and Montreal being interested in him. I really would like to see the Jackets kind of fish out there what they could get for a Josh Anderson. I I really would like to know. I'd be curious. I think they could get a decent amount from these teams. So, Anthony Duclair, poor guy, just looking for somewhere to play. Was an all, He's an all-star this year. He's 24 years old, played for like six teams. I mean, he's a suitcase. He's, he's just a suitcase out there. I... I think he shows up to whatever city he's playing in and doesn't even unpack his bag because he knows he's just get he's just gonna be moving. And the sad thing is, is he was a coat and Jackets there are some Jackets fans that really liked him this year or this last year. And Torts was like, Yeah, you're not playing to my system, gone. So yeah. He, buddy, you didn't even give him a full year. And now he's playing for Ottawa and he's just ripping off points left and right. That's tough. But some other guys, uh, Ilya Kovalchuk, 36-year-old, kind of showing he's got a little bit in the tank. What's he going to do? Montreal going to sell out for him? I don't know. I don't know if there's – I honestly don't know if there's a team, any of the, like the realistic cup contenders that are thinking like uh, that we want this guy and they want to give up a, a future, like a younger asset. I think this would be like a desperation move by a team that feels like they're maybe on the decline. I mean, maybe the Leafs. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I can't think of any of those. I can't think of any team. Maybe Vegas is one of those teams. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure about that one. But, yeah, I think the teams that you got to look out for are Sellers. I think you got to be looking at the Devils. I think you got to be looking at the Sabres, Senators. Those teams, I think, are going to be big-time sellers at the deadline. And there are some pieces on those teams that could really, really turn over and be productive for the teams that are buying. So I think you all should be you know, trying to get caught up on that, make sure what's going on. Guys, I'm, I'm tired. I got nothing else to talk about. The coats, they made me sad. They lifted me up on a cloud of greatness, and then they just let me down, and I just hit the floor like a sack of bricks. But keep in perspective, Jackets fans, a lot worse things could be happening to you. Just think about that. And always, no matter what, no matter any situation, no matter who you've become friends with, no matter what city you live in, No matter which god you worship, no matter which cereal you eat, no matter which kind of music you listen to, no matter which kind of car you drive, no matter which kind of water bottle you decide to drink out of, and no matter which kind of hockey player you are in beer league, always, always make sure, don't let me down on this one, to tell your dog.
the same 